every time I'm stepping into something that is bigger or scarier, it's like I get the most nervous pit in my gut. And it's like, okay, well, you're on the right path. Like this, so it's it's kind of exciting when you learn to shift it. Right before 2011, I I worked in construction. I owned a business um, that did construction outside um, like all year in Canada, which it gets cold for like six months a year here. And when I sold that business, I had some time and that's when I discovered internet as a business. And I was like, I'm never going back. It's all about overcoming each obstacle as it hits and not giving up. I feel like I'm like sitting in the audience of an auditorium and you're on stage talking to me. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the WordPress Chick Podcast, brought to you by the WPChick.com. WordPress explained for those of us who get headaches when we hear words like PHP and functions, but want to make money with their WordPress sites. No boring code snippets here, just WordPress happiness made easy. Now, here's your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the WordPress Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. This is going to be an awesome interview for you guys. And I'm super excited because I've been digging through <laughs> his site and uh, everything else he's done. He's a, he's a podcaster too, author, podcaster. We're going to jump into it. But I'm, I'm guessing before this even begins that you might want to get uh, a pen and paper because you're going to get some hacks today. And we're going to talk about that. <laughs> Uh, my guest is John Naster of uh, Hack the Entrepreneur. John, thank you so much for being here. Wow. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So this is great. So before we get into Hack the Entrepreneur, can you fill the listeners in and what you were doing before you launched this uh, and, and what your business looks like? Before I launched Hack the Entrepreneur, uh, it goes back a ways. I come from, I come from punk rock, actually. Um, I'm a drummer and still in some punk rock bands. And so early on in my late teens, I discovered this whole DIY do it yourself sort of ethic of, um, if you want to have a show in town, you want bands to play that weren't what normally you have to just do it yourself. And then I kind of extended that out throughout my twenties, um, had some offline businesses. And then in 2011, I discovered the internet as a business. And I, I absolutely, I dread when people tell me that they want to start a business offline now. <laughs> uh, it seems like such a nightmare. And so like, well, it's not portable. You can't take it with you. You can't, and you don't have the leverage to scale. So then I've created some different, I guess, businesses around the internet. Um, the biggest one being, uh, I guess, Velocity Page at this point. And 2000, 2014, sorry, 2014, this summer, I had just come back a few months prior. My family, we spent the winter uh, out in Asia and I went to a mastermind mini sort of conference run by Chris Ducker out oh, yeah. there, his, his first one. Um, what is that called? Tropical Think Tank. Thank you. Thank so, you. Yeah, those yeah, look there was pretty a, awesome. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was awesome. And there was 25 of us only and some serious podcasters there. And that was in March and so I had just these podcasters and people telling me like, John, you have the time, you have the resources, just start a podcast. And I had started one before. I had tried two other ones that are still on iTunes. If you really look uh, they're horrible, <laughs> Yo, I'm not going to give you the names. <laughs> <laughs> you have to kind of, you have to look for them, but they're there because I keep them there to show people. It's like you, you have to kind of start out not knowing what you're doing. Right. And so throughout the summer of 2014, I just went to work. I'd never interviewed anybody. I just, I had this list of 30 people that I immediately wanted to interview. I figured it would last about three months and I would just get it out of my system. I'd get to talk 
talked to some really smart business people that I would that I wanted to talk to. And I knew if I just like hit them on Twitter and like, hey, you want to have a conversation for half hour? They'd probably be too busy. But if you're hitting record, everyone seems to have time. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> <laughs> That's so a tweetable. I went for it. Yeah. And so I launched September 5th of 2014. Yeah. And about eight weeks after it kind of really started to get some legs and it kind of, it, it got bigger than I expected. And so I just decided to kind of go all in on it. Um, I ramped up production, um, went to three a week and then I just, yeah, the rest is kind of history <laughs> to some people. Um, so that's where I ended up kind of today. Now, Hack the Entrepreneur is kind of like a really main, main, main part of my focus at this time. I've partnered with copy blogger now rainmaker digital um i'm on their network i do a podcasting course in like as a partnership with them that we sell and i do some other work with them so it's kind of taken over my focus at this point it's kind wow talk about taking a life of its own and i am a diehard genesis girl myself um but let's back up a little bit because i i launched this podcast uh, a few years ago it, it totally shifted my business, like blew things up, complete different trajectory. Um, so it, it kind of sounds like that's what the podcast has done for you. Yeah. Like, like it's shocking. <laughs> it's absolutely, it was really supposed to be just selfish. I want to talk to these people. I mean, I, I really focused on like the branding and doing something. I'm, I'm obsessed with conversations about business. I just absolutely love it. And I'll get on a call with anybody at any time about it. But you might regret some... saying that publicly. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I absolutely awesome. love it. And I just sort of, it, there was nothing exactly there in the podcast space that was what I thought what I wanted. So I created that, um, thinking that there must be other people like the same way I would create any product or service. It's like, well, it's scratching my own itch. It's like, this doesn't exist in the market. And I know that I'm not that, I'm not this unique snowflake that there's only one of me. I know that there's lots of people like me. So I just went for it and it seemed to resonate with some people. That's awesome. I say to people all the time, I'm like, you know, I think there's a podcast for every niche. I don't know that everybody should podcast. Some people, you you have to really want to show up, right? And connect and engage and have those conversations. Um, But I think well, we don't have to get into podcasting too much, but it's, it's really, it's not going anywhere. It's obviously been around for a long time, but I think what I just, I, I jokingly say I'm the most antisocial shopper person in public because I always have a headset in. <laughs> um, but yeah, God, that, that's, that's awesome. So before we jump into, to hack the entrepreneur a little bit more, can you talk about velocity page? Cause I don't know if all of my listeners, most are probably WordPress users, I would assume, uh, explain what velocity page is and, and what that was like creating it. Yeah. Unless your fans think WP stands for something else. <laughs> Be an interesting survey. <laughs> yeah, I have a friend what that. Yeah, I have a friend of mine that was like, "Oh yeah, I've got to go pick up my son from WPML," and I instantly go to WordPress. It was water polo, but I'm like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> well, you can't use acronyms." That, <laughs> anyways, a water polo chair. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Velocity Page is a premium WordPress plugin. Uh, it was created. It's about a year and a half, almost two years old now. Holy smokes! Um, it was created with me and two co-founders. So. Um, my good friend and actually brother-in-law, uh, Bill, and pe- some people might know Mark Jaquith mm-hmm. um, from, I guess, WordPress core and stuff. He is the other co-founder and he's the, the I guess, the technical creator of Velocity Page. And it's a way to create um, WordPress pages uh, without without that technical mumbo jumbo. And rather than 
as most like WYSIWYG sort of things work in WordPress, they work within the admin panel and we take you out of the admin panel directly onto the WordPress page and you can live edit your pages, click save in the corner. And that's literally what you see is what you get on that page. Um, so yeah, that's velocity page in a nutshell. And I think it's a, I think it's an awesome product and everybody should know about it and use it. Well, I'll definitely be doing like a, a post and video review. I am obsessed with front end builders and it's, it's, it's funny within WordPress because I look at my audience as not being the coders and developers, which is a lot of who these pages, these tools are for. Um, and I think a lot of those like hardcore coders, there's a lot of people that are not fond of builders, but I'm like, not everybody knows how to do what you know how to do. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The developers really typically don't get it. And. Um, to a certain degree, Mark didn't get it at first when I approached him with it. And then he took it and like made it something I was always expecting, like in the admin panel, all standard, that kind of stuff. And, but I just, I literally needed a tool. It was, I was going to a conference and I needed to put up a page and the tools that existed at the time were not very good. This is a couple of years ago. And so I just like kind of mapped it out quickly. And then I reached out to Mark, who I didn't know at all. And we just set up a deal and we went for it. Okay, so first of all, that's awesome. You are not a, a programmer yourself, a, a hardcore coder programmer. No, not not even like softcore. Soft <laughs> <laughs> wow, we're gonna get all kind of like turn. <laughs> yeah, but no, John I'm not Lingo. at all a coder in any way. God, that is fantastic. And what was that like? I mean, simply reaching out to somebody. I mean, Mark is huge in the WordPress community. I think most people who dig a little bit into it and have been within the community are pretty familiar with him. I, I think, I don't know, that takes a ton of courage, obviously, to reach out. And you were just looking at it as a business proposition, I'm assuming. Yeah, of course. And courage or naivety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, I didn't know the WordPress market the way I know it today as like an ecosystem. And like I had used WordPress for years to create my websites and I knew it as a tool, but I didn't know it. So when I went, wanted to create this idea, my thought is always like, well, like, why would I start at the bottom? Like, why would I just start with something like I might as well start at the top? So I just kind of did some searching. I'm like, oh, look at this guy. And he works for himself and he's never done. He talks about how he's never done a commercial thing before. So I was like, all right. So I reached out to one person and that was Mark. And we kind of just hit it off. We get along personally well. And so it worked and we just went for it. But I mean, now I, I've, I've learned kind of who Mark is. Maybe I would have been. been. So it's just, you know, like you don't need to know everything at the time to jump into something. It's sometimes it's better because you, the more you know, sometimes the, the more barriers you put up for yourself and the fears, it's like, well, I can't be, what if it says this? What if this happens? What if this happens? I didn't know any of those things at the time. I just wanted to create something cool with somebody awesome. So truly ignorance was bliss. (laughs) It always is. It always is. You know what? It's funny. I look back and I've done stuff in my business where it's the same thing. I'm like, you know, knowing what you know today, it's like, gosh, I don't know that I would have done that. But you just jump in with this great idea and this energetic, you know, drive to get something created and accomplished. I think that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, I, I could probably write like a book now on like how to work with Mark. I've been asked it so many times. Like, how did you work with Mark? I was like, I literally just asked him. Like, <laughs> I didn't think. And he he was just kind of like, yeah, nobody really asks me to work with them. <laughs> I've mentioned it before, how I've never done anything commercially, how I'm really into the commercial side of WordPress. Nobody's ever asked me. Like, All right. 
So I'm glad I asked. God, is is that not just a huge testament to human behavior? <laughs> it is. It really is. It's shocking, but it's but it's also true because everybody in the community would just well, I can't ask him because he'll never say yes. <laughs> right. And it's like, well, you don't. You're not going to be any worse off if you do ask, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So um, do it I, yourself, right? That's all you can do. Exactly. So what gave you? So I, I get the the podcast and what brought on Hack the Entrepreneur, but let's talk a little bit about just the name hack the entrepreneur. I mean, we've heard of the four hour work week and you know, that type of stuff. There's life hacks, but I I dig it because I'm all about efficiency and simplicity actually. So tell us where that came from. Like hack the entrepreneur. Hack the entrepreneur came from a really good friend of mine actually um, named Gabriel, who I was actually going to co-host the show with. So I also met him in the Philippines at the conference and we'd created a mastermind group of like three people. We kept talking. And so we came up with this idea. And so there was a couple Skype calls like on our phone. He lives in Australia and I live in Canada. So it was just calls. And I was walking my dog and just talking and talking and talking. And just one point he's just, he's brilliant at coming up with just ideas. And he just, he threw out this idea of hack the entrepreneur. And I was like, whoa. And then he kind of explained how it should work. And he's like, and imagine the email. You can email the person when their show goes live says you've been hacked. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, wow. So instantly, like on my phone, like going just like searching the domain, I'm like, how does hack the entrepreneur like dot com even exist? Like it's not owned by anybody. I was like immediately bought it. I was like, no matter what happens, I should at least own that because it's hack and entrepreneur together. In a, it's in it's a one of those, yeah. It's one of those brands that sounds like it's been around forever. Like it's it's just it's a it's an awesome brand. Yeah, and I thank you for that because I I totally agreed when I heard it. And as you know, like being online, one of the hardest things is coming up with this name and then also having a domain available because yeah. everybody just buys up domains or WordPress <laughs> or WordPress tells you you can't use it in the URL after you oh, exactly. <laughs> ignorantly exactly. use it for three years, but that's okay. <laughs> Yeah. So that happened. And then there's about two weeks where back and forth, okay, here's like some ideas. Now, can you do this for me, Gabriel? Figure out this part of it and blah, blah, blah. And there was this one time and I was like really excited. I was ready. I had thought about the podcast and I was ready. I had the summer off and I was just, I was ready to go for it. And there's about three days where I didn't get a response from Gabriel. And I was like, Gabriel, you're so smart. You're so great with ideas, but your follow through is terrible. So, and I've told him this personally. So it's not like he's going to hear this and be upset. I've been on his <laughs> show numerous times. So, um, it's, and so I literally just got on a call with him. I was like, dude, I have to run with this. Like, I just, I have this feeling in my gut that something's right about this. And I want your blessing to use the name because nothing else that you've said I'm going to use. I just want to use the name. I've already owned it. I think it's great. He's like, yeah, of course, man. He's like, as you know, I'm great with ideas, but I'm not that good with follow through always. So I was like, yeah, and I just have this feeling I have to run with this. And so I did. And that was like, that was late June, I believe. And then September 5th, I launched. So I just went with the name and it just kind of worked. And then when the book came out, it was, I was trying to come up with other names that weren't in everybody's like, dude, like it's Hack the Entrepreneur. Of course, like it's not even to do with your show really, but that's such a great name for a book too. All right, all right. Yeah. I I, I (laughs) The reluctant Canadian. (laughs) Well, I think it's, you know, it's as entrepreneurs, it's putting yourself out there and saying, yeah, it's owning it really. And, but so let's get into the book because this is fantastic. Um, Tell people, so obviously the book that you've just released is Hack the Entrepreneur. Um, What is, what is the book about? And, and then I want to talk a little bit about writing it and that launch process, but fill the readers, the listeners in on what the book is about. The book is, 
the book, okay, was supposed to be like strictly a standard, like quote unquote ebook that was literally like a regurgitation of. So on my show, Hack the Entrepreneur, right? So the name came, then I needed to find something that was quote unquote the hack. So throughout the episode, I do the interview and then I pull out, say, a 10 second to say 45 second snippet of something my guest says that is now the hack. And I replay it at the end and then I do like a short essay on it. Um, these get transcribed by Rainmaker.fm, my network for me. And so I had all these and people kept telling me like, where can I get these? Where can I get these? So I thought I'm just going to put together an ebook. But about two weeks into it, I was like, no, this is going to be better. This is going to be way better. So I dove into an actual book. So it's like a 150 page actual book of me. And I like to consider it as like a giant boot that will kick you in the ass when, <laughs> when you need to be kicked. Um, it's to overcome. So it works through like the process from the idea stage sort of of a business. So it's five sections of getting started to mindset, to ideas, to being wrong, because it's something we all do within business. And then finally with growth and sort of scaling your business. So wherever you are at whatever stage you are in whatever particular project you're starting or working on, you can pick this up and flip through and get each section has 10 hacks from 10 brilliant entrepreneurs um, broken up into those categories with my essay after. And then each section is like embedded with me um, kind of bringing all of it home to digital entrepreneurship. It's not really for offline entrepreneurship because as I've already said at the beginning of this interview, and as I say at the beginning of this book, I'm not into the offline stuff anymore. <laughs> digital is where it's at because it allows me to close up my laptop and pack in the backpack and take my family to Asia for the winter. Um, and I think that that's the only way we should be right now with business. I totally agree. I am not a fan of... <laughs> offline <laughs> at all obviously um but i want to uh, the uh, for for the listeners and just as a reminder all the links to to john's book everything will be in the show notes as well as at the end um but the tagline or the the sub headline on the book is how to stop procrastinating build a business and do work that matters um which is freaking awesome so um in doing that with the book first of all let me ask you this with the hacks when you do these interviews do do your guests know the hack? Or are you pulling out the hack from having it done the interview? Like, do they come to the table like with their one quick hack, or is it you listen, you gauge, and then you just pull it? Oh, there's nothing that makes me more mad when the than when the guest is like listen to my show and they they actually I've had guests say like and that was the hack, right? It's like, dude, this isn't your job to pick up the hack. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's literally just a part, like a random part of the conversation. And so right after the interview, then I go through this same sort of sequence of saying it. And I get people like emailing me daily, guessing the hack before they press play and listen to it. And then arguing with me about what hack I chose, which is funny because it's, well, it's subjective and it's my show and it's whatever mood I happen to be in. Um, Cause it's not like, I mean, there could be obviously in most good conversations on a podcast, there's numerous things you could pull out. Um, but I have a PDF that I've created that I take notes as I'm doing the interview and there's spot for potential hacks. So I'm just writing down times as things are going on. I'm just writing down times. Then I go back and I listen to those and I choose which one I kind of feel fits what I'm trying to sort of teach um, and put forth at that moment in time with my show. God, that's awesome. And it's let me ask you this. So with the show, when when you're doing the interview and, and you've got these hacks, I mean, so it's it doesn't sound like you necessarily have segments, um, but 
in terms of the flow of the conversation or whatnot. Um, but when you did the show, did you just let it evolve? And I know we're talking about the book, but I'm a, <laughs> obviously a podcaster. So did you just let the, the format of the show evolve or did you go into it with this set? This is how I want the show to run. So throughout that summer, I was really, really trying to figure out how to do this. And just because of the whole idea of the hack. And I know that an issue with podcasting is that people don't always listen all the way through or else they kind of you because you're listening to it on demand when you're working out, when you're cleaning the house, when you're doing any number of things or working, your mind can tend to wander. So I was like, how can I make people stay focused so that they want to sort of compete with me or guess which it's what I'm going to bring up again. So I went with this, but the first 10 episodes was me playing with it. Um, there's hacks where I do them literally like somebody says something like my very first episode with Chris Brogan. He says something that I call the hack. And then I do like this, like scratching record, like whoop, and then it <laughs> plays it back. And then that was it. And then it just, the conversation continued and it says, and that's the hack. And then it continued on. And so then I gave it to people before I launched to listen to and people were like, man, that thing was awesome. Like I was all shocked when it happened. But then I found that I was on a treadmill. And then since the hack happened in the first eight minutes, my mind really wandered after because I was like, well, the main part of the conversation's over. So I was like, oh, okay. So then we just tried different things. And I tried talking about it at first. And then we just literally got it down to like a 30-minute sort of segment. It's super, super regimented in the fact that like the intro's here, the pre-hack is here, the hack with sound effects is here, then the post-hack is here. I kind of wanted to go for like old school radio where when you press play, you know kind of what you're getting, although the content is different every single time. You could, if you wanted, you could jump ahead to the very end and just listen to the hack. Any number of things, you know that that's going to always be there at that spot. And that was kind of what I wanted to go for. I wanted people to have the familiar familiarity to know what they're getting. And because people like that, they like the comfort in knowing that even if we don't like to admit it, we do sort of like that. I know I like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, the absolutely. I've got certain shows I listen to all the time. And, and it, it, it totally is. You're looking forward to. That's a great comparison to, to to traditional radio in the sense that I remember when I used to have to commute and, you know, morning radio shows. It's like, you know, those little things and when they're going to pop up and you're looking forward to them. Um, but I love the fact that you experimented with it and tested and listened to it and and. Even with the show, you know, because I've worked with entrepreneurs and helping them get launched with the podcast. And there's, to me, I don't know that there's necessarily like one specific right format, right? Like you knew what you wanted. You knew how you wanted to connect. And so I think there sort of has to be this innate testing and feeling your way through the right format for you and your audience. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's, let's jump back into the book. Um, so with, with some of the hacks, and again, I want to talk about publishing of it, but, but, or in, in with the book and the interviews, what are some of the common things that you see entrepreneurs doing that that they sort of get in their own way? Like we, and I want to talk about some of your favorite hacks, but do you see some some commonalities in having interviewed all these people and their experiences? Yeah, the one one big commonality that I saw early on within the first fifty episodes was. Because every second question, I'm going to call it, or every first question, <laughs> every first question, does that make sense? And then, <laughs> yeah. So every first question I ask, I ask typically six to seven standard format questions for every entrepreneur um, because I wanted the only variable to be the entrepreneur themselves so I could see the differences, right? Mm -hmm. And then I do like a follow-up. Depending on what they say, we take the conversation somewhere else, but I always then bring it right back. So they're not long 
two hour conversations that just meander like Tim Ferriss style. Those are awesome, but that exists by really popular people already. Um, so the one thing I've noticed is that people, entrepreneurs, just people in general, I guess, that are successful and do these things in big ways are confident in how, like in their self-awareness and how they sort of work and think and act. Meaning that I ask one question to every all 200 plus entrepreneurs now. At the very beginning, I ask the exact same question. I've never had once close to the same answer for it, which is amazing to me. And they're all super confident in it. And it's made me realize that some people are completely like scattered and don't just hate the details. Some people cannot believe can like think a business cannot be run without all the details being always in order and spreadsheets some people are all about you have to work 90 hours a week some people are like if you work more than nine hours a week you're not successful and that to me is amazing because there's i mean there's an endless just vast internet full of content and bloggers and podcasters and everybody telling us what we should do And this is coming from some guy who runs a show called Hack the Entrepreneur. It's not, I'm not trying to tell you all of these hacks so that you can do every single one of them. Yes, you should take ideas and try them out for yourself. But when something doesn't work, discard it quickly. Don't think that because it works for Kim, that it should work for me. It's not true. Because it works for John doesn't mean that it should work for you. You have to try all these things and keep optimizing yourself, how you work, how you think, all those things, how you grow your business. But once you figure something out that works for you, if nobody else does that, it doesn't matter. It works for you and you have to become sort of the best entrepreneur that you are within yourself. And that is within you, but you have to find it and then confidently go forth and ignore everybody else around you and how they work. And that's what these people do. It's amazing to see that I can ask the exact same simple question and 200 people will never say the same answer. Okay. First of all, like, I wish I had an applause button right now. (laughs) I'm like, can I get an amen? I'm like, oh my God. Or like, you know, stadium clapping. Well, you know, it's, I I think every entrepreneur struggles with that. I know I have, and it's like, well, I, I, I don't know if it's, if it's on there, but my Skype, even under my Skype thing, I've got a retiring the hustle. I'm so tired of that word. I'm so tired of do the effing work and this, this crazy intense aggressiveness. But, but as you see people who do that and it's like, Oh my God, I'm not doing enough and stuff. And it took me hitting a wall. Like I got to be me. I got to do things my way. I got to show up in a way that works for me. And it, it, I think the only way to get there is through the doing, like you said, but I love the fact that you're doing this from a perspective of, I mean, what, do you mind sharing the question you ask that you get different answers on? Yeah, it would be Kim as an entrepreneur. Can you tell me what is the one thing that you do that you feel has been the biggest contributor to your successes so far? And every single person, that's the one I give them three questions that like in an email that tells this is like the general idea because I don't want them to be stumped on that first one. Right. And so some people put like a lot of thought into it and the and some people don't even read it, obviously, which is totally cool, too, because they're just pros at this. And but it's just the confidence, the confidence in completely different answers. It's not like this is what I do because there's there was the real risk that 200 people, like 190 of them would all say the exact same thing. I'd be like, well, this is a boring damn show, isn't it? <laughs> but every single one runs completely different businesses from like massive businesses with like thousands of employees to people with a laptop that just travel the world and make really good money and build really cool stuff. That's awesome that they all are just confident in what they do. And obviously the 
obviously the next thing to understand is that we're not and they're not none of us are all confident all of the time but when it comes to answering that question about yourself you should be confident you should be confident that whatever it is you do is the right thing for you and yes you want to optimize yes you want to get better but and yes you should grow and change and flow all that stuff but you still have to be confident in it. You can't think that you are no good. You can't think that you can't do it because then you really just can't. All right. Let me ask you this because I feel like I'm like, John's going to be like, when is this interview over? Because I feel like I could talk to you for two hours. No, I'm um, loving, loving it. No. It's, what, what, what is that thing for you? If you don't mind me flipping your question on you. My thing for me. <laughs> damn it. She flipped it <laughs> Well, because um, you come, let me just tell you this, because there is uh, an, this innate level of trust and confidence in, in how you come across, which is, is awesome. And I think most entrepreneurs, we, I think people struggle with that, but at the same time, it's, it is required to scale and grow. It is. Yeah. And so my one thing is the ability to, I call it like living in days, but working in months. So the hustle thing is overplayed and annoying. I mean, it's, it's just, it's essential. You have to work your butt off to do <laughs> yeah, it. Duh. Right. <laughs> but I also, I work online and I work in the way I do. And I work in like a project based sort of lifestyle because I love what it affords me and my family, the freedom to do those things. So yes, like my book, I have a Amazon bestseller blows my mind. And like it came out December 14th, the very first email I sent to somebody talking about the idea of writing this book was September 28th of this same year. And <laughs> holy moly. Well, not to mention, John, I'm sitting here like, like, well, I, I started online in 2011 and, and you didn't start the podcast till, you know, what, a year and a half. It's, it's, you've done a lot in a short period of time. Yeah. And so I work my butt off for very short periods of time. And then I, I really pull back. For also months at a time. So that's my idea of like, I live in days where I really want to focus on where I'm at, what I've achieved, what I've accomplished and what I want to do. And that I just get to like, literally, like close this computer as soon as we're done and go out for two hours and walk my dog and hang out with my family. Like I, I, I really, to me, that's what this is all about. This, I love the business side of it, but the business and the, my life are like completely intertwined. They're one in the same. Absolutely. Like, my wife like got to quit her job a couple of years ago. My daughter quit school a couple of years ago and is now homeschooled with us. So we're literally just here or wherever we happen to be at the time. And so it's really, really essential. So yeah, I worked my butt off to write this book in like two months and publish it. Like I got a paperback in my hand. It was shocking. Friggin' awesome. <laughs> Even like I picked it up right before Christmas and right before we were actually getting on a plane to go to my sister's for Christmas. But it was like crazy. I picked it up and I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like two months ago, I thought of writing this book. Now it's got a forward by Chris Brogan and I'd flip over the back and there's actually a blurb on the back from Seth Godin. And I'm like, this <laughs> even my book. How could I have done this? But I did. And it literally, honestly, it almost killed me twice. Um, but I worked seven days a week, super, super hard and like impassioned. Like it turned in from this quote unquote ebook to I'm going to make this a freaking good book that I'm super, super proud of. Like from now on looking forward, I'm going to be really, really proud of this book. Not just like, oh yeah, it's just like a download you get and I'll get some emails from it or something. It was like, I just, something grabbed me and I probably wouldn't have been able to finish it unless I did that. But I can hustle, quote unquote, hustle and work my butt off because it's project based. 
There was a date of December 14th where this thing launches. I have a week after that to promote it. And then I'm going on holidays for two weeks. And then I'll come back and I'll start promoting it again. But that's kind of just how I do it. Um, and that's, that's been the thing that has allowed me to do it. And that's why when I talk about my business, I talk about different projects I do and all those different projects make me money, but they're all very project based. I mean, the hack the entrepreneur is based on a summer. I had the time, I had the focus and I keep saying September 5th because in June I said September 5th, it was an arbitrary date, but I was like, that's the time. I had 22 shows recorded at the time. I had never interviewed anybody in my life up till then. And I just went for it. And it was like a book. Like, it's crazy. Like, yeah, John, you're a best-selling author. Like, well, yeah, that's weird. That's weird. <laughs> because in September, I had never written a book or even thought of writing a book yet. But now I'm holding it in my hands and I see the sales coming through every day. And it's like, wow, there it is. But it's just set those dates. Work the project for as short of a time as you can. I could have pushed the book launch to June or something. And it probably wouldn't have happened because other things would have come up. So it was just condense it. Put your head down, just work. Hopefully don't almost kill yourself twice and just do it. It like these things work. And so that's that's been my thing is just work my butt off, then just literally sit on the beach and coast for a couple months. Well, you know, I love that. And you're one of the first people, like again, I, I I've seen so much and maybe it tells it's testament that I need to start surrounding myself with other people, but, but I do work hard and it's those long days and I have a tendency to, to go, go, go. And then I crash and I'm like, don't talk to me on Friday, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, but I love the project based mentality. And I think it's a lot, it's a lot easier for certain people, right? To be able to say, okay, starting deadline, because then, you know, there's, there's sort of this light at the end of the tunnel, as opposed to this, well, you got to work 80 hours a week for the rest of your life. I'm like, well, I could have a corporate job with benefits if that's what I wanted. <laughs> You know, so God, I, I I love that. So let's talk about, um, I'd love to hear some of your favorite hacks or if you want to share a couple tips just to give people a little bit of flavor of the book. Sure. Um, so from, from the being wrong section, um, one that really stood out to me, he was one of my, he was within my first 30 interviews is Steli Efti, um, from closed.io and elastic sales. Brilliant. Like, I guess direct sales sort of guy you could call him now. He's the most direct salesperson I've seen around this sort of marketing market in a long time um, where he just loves to just be out there being a sales guy and teaching people. Um, and so his hack is called you don't need permission to be an entrepreneur. He says when a baby is learning to walk, they constantly fall over, but that doesn't make them want to stop trying. They don't think oh, that's it. I'm done with walking and I look stupid. Everyone's laughing at me and I'll just crawl from for the rest of my life. As human beings, we are not naturally afraid of looking stupid or failing. We get educated into it. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that he had just had a kid. And so he brought this up and I was like, man, that's wow. <laughs> and this whole education thing, we had just taken my daughter out of school. I was like, yeah, it's true. The whole education, everything's set up to make us afraid to try things that aren't going to work. They make us afraid to sit down and try and write a book because maybe nobody will buy it. Maybe it'll suck. Maybe all this stuff. Yeah, it, there's a huge chance that will happen. But what can you do? But there's like, also, a, there's if you're going to play the what if game, you got to be like, well, what if it, it doesn't suck and it, and it kicks ass and it's huge. <laughs> Yeah, my first two podcasts were terrible. Should I, I I probably should have just been like I I'm not a podcaster. I grew up literally the first like 
30 years of my life, if somebody like even recording like a video on a phone of my daughter doing something goofy, if I said something in the background, I was like, oh, God, I hate the sound of my voice. God, I, hate <laughs> oh, the sound I hear of my that voice. from people all the time. I'm like, just just keep going. <laughs> I know. Exactly. I get emails from people like, oh, man, you're at your Canadian accent. And you're how did you get so good at like interviewing? How can I learn to interview? It's like, dude, I'd never interviewed anybody. Up until I started Hack the Entrepreneur. <laughs> now I've interviewed 200 people. So you're asking me how I got good? Uh, I interviewed 200 people. Yeah. I, first I ones are terrible. The, the first 50 are terrible. It's just, I just pushed through. I just pushed through. No one was listening at the beginning. It didn't matter. So now people go back and listen though when they find me and then it's like, <laughs> oh, you were in a different style back then. Yeah. It was nerves and sweating. That's, that was my style, but you know, we worked through it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's an awesome hack. And, um, what are, what are some of your other favorite hacks or just you want to pull some? Yeah. Um, this one is from Brian Smith. Brian Smith is the founder of Ugg Boots. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. I have some on my feet. <laughs> and he, uh, I didn't really know you have some on your feet right now. That's I awesome. do. <laughs> He doesn't own the company anymore. He didn't own the company like four or five times over like the 30 year period. The company was like taken from him. The company was like all these crazy things and he just never gave up and he ended up owning it at the end and selling it off to some massive like international company for a really good payday. But he, I didn't know his story until I interviewed him and it was brilliant. But um, he says, this is called an incredible vision, but he says, you don't Climb straight from nothing to something big. You hit an obstacle, climb over it, and reach the next level of the plateau. You cross the line again, cross another obstacle, and climb to the next level again. The more you do that, the more you'll look back and realize how far you've come. It's all about overcoming each obstacle as it hits and not giving up. And so with him, then his story is like, wow. So, and you didn't just like create, like I've done like a plugin or something. You created an <laughs> international brand that literally I just mentioned the boot and you're like, oh, I'm wearing them right now. <laughs> That's insane. But he literally is like, was a surfer in like the seventies in Australia, wanted to move to the States. Then once he moved to the States, lived in like California, he still does and was doing yoga and like surfing and wanted to think of a business to start. So he thought of these sheepskin boots in Australia. So he decided to start importing them. And then it's like 30 years of just like, like it could have went any other way almost than how it actually did that he actually has this great story at the end but it's amazing that dude is so good you have to check him out he goes under briansmithspeaker.com i think now now i'm just promoting brian <laughs> well he, you know we'll, we'll definitely link to it but it is it's I, I don't know if you have seen the movie joy with uh i haven't yet That's okay yeah. yeah with jennifer lawrence and it's funny because it was it was kind of long but the point is and, and it's based on a true story but she hit obstacle. I mean, obstacle after obstacle after obstacle uh, until kind of having, wow, like had some initial success. And it was like, Oh, you're screwed. We own everything. I mean, it was one of those things that, and it was funny because the, the previews always portray the movie like it's Jennifer Lawrence. She's fun, right? At the same time, it was such a testament to the truth of being an entrepreneur and, and being able to go, okay. I dealt with this crap. Let's get over it. So that that's an awesome hack. I love that. You want to share a couple more? Yeah, let's do it. Let's see here. I'm actually looking through the book for them for you. That's totally okay. <laughs> Josh Pigford. Do you know Josh? No, I don't. Founder of Bear Metrics. Oh, okay. Bearmetrics.io. Brilliant for content marketing and stuff. What he did with that company and got funding just from nothing. It's brilliant. But his is do the hardest thing. He says, the hardest thing is usually the thing that you should be going after. Chances are that nobody else is, or at least very few people are. 
Personally, I feel comfortable and even thrive when I don't have a clue what I'm doing. Ooh. That's, that's so awesome. <laughs> that is uh, so brilliant. I, you know, it, it just made me think about like every time I'm stepping into something that is bigger or scarier, it's like I get the most nervous pit in my gut and it's like, okay, well, you're on the right path. Like this. So it's, it's kind of exciting when you learn to shift it, but expand on that. I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. He's, he's good. He's like, um, Especially because of what he's done. If you know, you should look into barometrics.io. They, they're a SaaS product now. And he literally, he had started, he's 10 years an entrepreneur now. Nobody heard of him till barometrics. And he kind of came out of nowhere. And just with his brilliant content marketing, the articles he writes and he was doing like video stuff. And he's just, he's a super, super smart guy. They've got funding and just, he's done some really, really cool things. And to hear him, I just love that. I love the idea of doing the hardest things, right? And it's, to me, it's like, if you want the easy way, if you want the way that's just kind of boring and like having a job, maybe, and I don't even know if that's that easy of a way anymore because you show up on Monday and you get a pink slip and you're fired. Like that's to me is out of your control and insane. Like that's, that's, that's super hard. At least when you're doing it yourself, you're in your own control. You could see it coming and change the direction of your business, obviously, um, before that happened. But I love the idea of wanting not only to do the hard things, but this idea of like becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable. I absolutely love because it's essential. And again, this is my merging of sort of life and business where I really see like I don't see a real clear distinction between the two lots of times because I think they need to be the same. Anybody who thinks that life is just like this nice upward view that nothing ever like unless I live different lives than people but it seems like when everything's going really good for me you get sideswiped by something right somebody you know somebody somebody you care about deeply something happens to them or something around you just completely falls apart and it's like wow I didn't see that coming but that gives you these lows and these lows are good take them in just like really just not enjoy them but really just like take them for what they are because those lows are the things that really make the highs matter. And to me, that's how life should be lived. That's how business should be lived is with these crazy lows and these really high highs because that's what keeps it exciting. And if you're not excited by life and by business in that way, I don't know if you will find the success that you are looking for or be able to achieve the things that you want to both in business and in life. I, I feel like I'm like sitting in the audience of an auditorium and you're on stage talking to me. Yes. Yeah, so speaking of like being completely like, like so, um, doing the hard thing. I'm, people have told me that I should start speaking and it like, I literally, I talk to five people in a room and I'm like sweating and stuff. So I was about I have, to say, I'm all, when are you speaking, John? Where I where know exactly. Speaking? Then I actually have it on my calendar this year to start doing it. And I did actually go on stage at podcast movement last year. Oh, I'll be there um, next year. Yeah. But I was on a panel, so it was easier, but I did get, um, to go, and it was good. It was fun, actually. It wasn't as hard as I thought. But I mean, this is me where I literally am going to have to sort of take my own medicine. And um, that medicine might be really strong, too, to help me get through it. But, <laughs> but um, that's your but, really hard thing, I guess. Right. Exactly. It is. That's there's not many of them left. I don't think like in this realm that I'm working in, like being an author was. And that's why it was like there was like days where I was like, OK, this is crazy. I can't do this. I have to scrap this. This is 
like ridiculous, John. You can't do this. You're not an author. And then I just like, oh, okay, get over it. Push through, push through. And it was so hard. But like, I mean, to launch like a new software product for me, it's not a big deal. It's really cool. I'm super into it, but I've done it. It doesn't, it's fine, right? But getting up on stage still, I think back to like grade four and like having to do like a report on something and like shaking and (laughs) so podcasting is supposed to help that. Well, it sounds like, I mean, it sounds so natural and eight, you know, I I was the kid who was putting on shows for the neighborhood at like 10. So, um, but yeah, so it sounds like speaking is, is your next big thing. And Hopefully we'll see more of that this year from you. 2016. Um, that's it. Yeah. And I love that you said, you know, the, I don't know if it's intertwined, but I mean, business and personal, I, I'm this, I'm very similar. I mean, it is me, you know, there, there is not a big separation. I'm like, I love what I do. I love who I connect with. It's like this, this global audience makes the world seem smaller almost because you can connect with people all over the world. And so in doing all that, I, I mean, it, I, I don't see the separation is my point. And I love that you said that. Um, so in terms of, of hack the entrepreneur, I want to talk briefly about the, the subjects. I love this because you've got this business model in essence, right? Where you're talking to entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, you're talking about business, but yet, you know, you've got these categories broken down of being wrong and fears and habits and mindset and ideas, which sort of feel like the intangibles, but they're so vitally important. Um, could you maybe talk briefly on one of them being wrong, which, whichever one grabs you? The way these came about, these didn't exist until, I'm going to say it was about 80 or 90 episodes when um, I had interviewed Brian Clark, the CEO and co-founder, or founder of Copyblogger. Mm-hmm. Um, he told me like, immediately after our interview, like like we hit stopped hitting record and he just like blurted out some stuff about this podcast network and all this stuff. So when I moved over to Rainmaker.fm, um, Brian Gardner actually built me a site personally, which was awesome of him. Um, He's then a pretty I was like, awesome guy anyways, but He's so, awesome. Yeah. He's yeah. so awesome. And so as we were doing it, I was like, okay, well, I was like, I'm starting to have so many episodes and I'm doing three a week. And so it's starting to get to the point where people are like, I just found you. And it's like, oh, where do I start? So we went back and I went through the conversations and figured out these themes of what was kind of happening. Um, it came from like 20 themes down to 10 to five. And when I got to these five of being wrong, fears, habits, mindset, and ideas, I went through and I tagged each episode. So they get a first category because it's Rainmakers based off WordPress. So they get a first category and then a second category. Um, meaning that if you click on fears, everything that we talk about fears in um, as a main category will get shown first and then the ones below it. But you can at least sort of now from the 200 episodes, you can kind of weed your way through the conversations that you want. Um, so it kind of dictated itself. Then when the book started, the book was going to be being wrong, fears, habits, mindset, ideas. And that was all Trello boarded out with like 170 like interviews. So who I should pick. And then it just didn't work. Then I talked to some people way smarter than me and we got, we switched it around to the whole getting started mindset ideas being wrong. And then we ended with growth um, based on what we had uh, in the Trello board for hacks and what we could do. And then bringing sort of a logical sequence for the people who are just starting and not necessarily, it's not even just getting started in business. It's starting maybe a new project or like I talked to smart people like Patrick McKenzie and he kind of just says like businesses are like software, like set it up like this. And it's, to me, it was like, it's really profound. And if you can set up your next project based off of these ideas, then that's really cool. Or if you're at the idea stage, you can just move to ideas. So 
that's that's how it ended up on the site. It was literally a categorization based on what we had been talking about and what people are kind of coming to me for. And then the book was supposed to match that. Now I'm actually going through the battle of should I change my site now to match the book or should I keep it the way it is? Yeah, well, because it makes me it actually makes a lot more sense with the getting started all the way through to the end of now. How do we scale like with growth? So um, that was the idea with it. And um, mindset is I would think is I call it the hack, but it's the category on my site mindset to me as not like a specific thing as in the confidence behind entrepreneurs, but the, the one thing that um, is most essential, I think to this whole game of entrepreneurship is just having the right mindset, having the mindset that you can do this, that, that your ideas matter, that you're, the work that you do does matter to somebody and there are enough somebodies out there when you scale through the internet that you don't need to find all of them. You don't even need to find most of them. You just need to find some of them. And it's all mindset and it's all mindset of creating something out of nothing, whether that is a new software project or a new plugin or a new book or a new blog, anything. You literally are, that's entrepreneurship. You are creating something out of nothing and all of that until it becomes tangible and other people can interact with it, it's all basically in your head. That's where it starts. It starts with mindset and you have to somehow put it into its digital or physical form. And to me, that's the key. And so that was essential within the book and also on my site. Well, first of all, your site, it looks awesome. So kudos to you and Brian. Thanks. <laughs> um, but you know, I have to tell you, John, like one of the things that stands out the very most to me in, in talking with you is just like this innate passion and love for what you're doing. Like it's, it's huge. It comes through like in every word you say. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's amazing. Like, and I just, I wish. And I don't want to be like the motivational speaker kind of guy. Too late, too late. <laughs> I, well, I just, I feel I like we are, there's, um, I mean, there's a part in my book near the beginning where I say, talk about our Beatlemania. So I'm obsessed with rock and roll and stuff. I just, I grew up in it. I love it. Um, and always growing up, right? There was this, there was Beatlemania for people that don't know, which was like when Beatles and rock and roll sort of was created as a pop culture, as a thing. Mm-hmm. That existed. Like literally rock and roll didn't really exist before that. That's crazy to me. But I always wished that I existed and was alive during that this special moment in human history. But I've been actually blessed with something even better. I've been blessed with the internet. Like if I was born 10 years later or 10 years earlier, it wouldn't exist the way it does for me right now. Like I honestly, and it started out as a joke a few years ago, but Literally, like, I don't know what I would do if the internet didn't exist. Like, like, literally, I don't know how I would pay the bills. I don't know how I would. It's, it's this powerful thing where we can literally create anything we want. Like, I live in a tiny town in a tiny country in the middle of nowhere. I had this idea to create a podcast, then talk to brilliant people around the world and thinking that, yes, it'll be fun for myself and get some people. But I mean, I'm going on like two million people have downloaded my show and, I work with copy blogger media and I, it's, it's crazy. I have a best selling book based on it. Like, it doesn't even make any sense that I can do this from where I'm at with literally just a laptop that hasn't changed since I started. It's the <laughs> garage band software that came with the laptop. And to me, it's 
it's this time and the idea that people just use Facebook and Twitter and websites and don't think about there's somebody behind there that just created this and now lives this insanely brilliant life because they've created something. And so it's another thing that I ended up hitting on in my book was this whole changing your mindset from producer. I mean, from consumer to producer. Um, every time you sit down at night to watch three hours worth of Netflix, think of yourself as the consumer and the people who produce those shows and are on those shows and made those shows work not that much. Usually they make a ton of money and they get to live these brilliant lives because they're the producers. The producers in this world make the money and get to live these, these awesome lives. I produce some things on very small scales and I still, for my small family, we get to travel the world and do really cool stuff that blows my mind. And it's, it's infuriating to me and really like almost makes me sad that people still just go to jobs they hate. People do things that they don't like doing and that they feel in some way that they're trapped. It's like you are not. You're only trapped by your own willingness to just step up and do this stuff. And I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it doesn't take a whole bunch of work. I'm not saying that you won't like end up on the floor of your office crying some days because it's so hard, but that's cool. That's fine. That's life. That's, that's what makes it worthwhile. That's what you're going to look back on and remember, not the fact that you didn't ever take a chance in your life. Right. But I mean, jobs are hard, right? It's jobs are super hard. Like (laughs) insane. Like I don't even know how people do them. Actually, I don't, you know, I don't either. And, and I've got, my kids are 18 and 15. My daughter's a freshman at San Francisco state filmmaker. She's making movies right now. She works for me. She's, she's got her own website. She's building a production company because they've seen this. But the thing is, it's like, you don't need to be hired by Hollywood. Go do your thing. And that's, you know, where you're saying produce stuff. That's for both of them. I'm like, Guys, go make cool, do what you want to do. Just like their concept. It's fascinating when you were talking about this time and, and, and had you been born 10 years earlier, 10 years later, and you look at this like, you know, my kids have grown up. That's all they know is technology and the internet. But at the same time, there are still people. Every time I have to take her back to school, I'm like an hour east of San Francisco, right? It can take me three hours. <laughs> and, and so I'm sitting there saying, thank God, you know, I'm so grateful for, I get to do what I love to do and I'm not doing this hard work, this commute, working for somebody else, all that. So I, I, I just, God, John, I could talk to you all day. Yeah. Well, and it's just, there are, there's no gatekeepers anymore. Like literally 15 years ago, if I wanted to write a book, the whole first year or two would have been me trying to convince somebody to please, please let me write a book. <laughs> Instead, I just wrote an email to a friend like, you know what I'm going to do? Right. (laughs) On December 14th, I'm going to launch a book. Sure you are, John. And then I talked to him actually last Friday. That's why I know it's September 28th because last Friday he was like, man, you, it's like you, you hit number one on Amazon. He's like, we just talked about this like four months ago. That's when I looked it up actually in my email. I'm like, actually, it was September 28th. (laughs) So it was actually, it wasn't four months. It was actually just over two months, but there's nobody stopping us except for ourselves and our willingness to just kind of work our butts off to do this stuff. And this work your butt off, but don't work your butt off all the time. Work your butt off and then take breaks, work your butt off, take breaks, figure out what you want to do next with nothing holding you back except yourself and then do it i don't know it's 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 not i know it's not just about hard work but it kind of is well but it kind of is but like again everything is hard work i remember you know before i did this i i was in retail management working 60 plus hours a week on top of a commute and physically like it it was physically working and it was just so much time away from my family and it was you know like i i joke with people you know come the holidays like (laughs) 
you'll never see me in a store on Thanksgiving weekend because I because I did it for years. I'm like, that sucked six day work weeks for somebody else. And so, yeah, if I've got to work longer hours or 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 launch something that doesn't work and then try it again, I will do that all day long. Yeah, that's true, actually, because to I glossed over it because it's really like unglamorous. But right before 2011, I, I worked in construction. I owned a business um, that did construction outside um, like all year in Canada, which it gets cold for like six months a year here. And when I sold that business, I had some time and that's when I discovered internet as a business. And I was like, I'm never going back. And so when people, coders or anybody <laughs> that I work with is like, oh, we work so hard. It's like, <laughs> dude, 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 you have no idea what hard work is. Like we sit in our chair for a long time, you mean? And we have to have our Fitbits to remember to get up and exercise once in a while? Totally. Is that what you mean by hard? Or I'm not sure you understand what hard is. Like, I mean, working outside when it's like minus like 30 degrees Celsius and you're like trying to build a house, that's pretty hard. Like when you're lifting things that are hundreds of pounds and when you're falling off like ladders and stuff, that's pretty hard. Yes, yeah, sitting at a desk when it's climate controlled and you just need <laughs> like a special to Spotify? device to vibrate on your wrist to tell you to get up once in a while. It's not hard, man. It's amazing what we get to do. It's brilliant. It's so awesome. <laughs> but it's not that totally that. reminded me of, have you ever seen the oatmeal? Yes. Okay. I was like, there's a cartoon in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but you're absolutely right. It's not hard. Um, and it's, it's awesome. Let's, I just want to, I so appreciate your time, John, but can you just let everybody know? So what's in store for Hack the Entrepreneur this year? I mean, speaking, hopefully. Uh, but, but what do you have? What's, what's on the horizon? That's a good question. That's a good question. I'm going to promote the heck out of my book for the next year. Uh, I have a goal of selling 10,000 copies. So if there's 10,000 of you listening, you could make my life. <laughs> um, and, um, so I have that. Um, I have some products um, I'm coming out with, like information stuff around Hack the Entrepreneur. Um, I have actually a cool project I'm launching. I was just in Austin um, totally sidetracked, but I was just in Austin about a month and a half ago with my wife, um, for fun, fun, fun fest. It's like a music festival. Nice. A ton of bands. So after watching super awesome bands, I went home and then I was like, just, no, I didn't go home. I went to the hotel room and then I just like on my computer, I opened up a Google doc and I just like started making a list of like bands I've seen live. And then once I had this like giant list of like 200 and some bands, I was like, I'm going to find where I can put this online. And of course it didn't exist. So I immediately bought bands. I've seen live.com. Awesome. Now I've just actually uh, partnering with a friend and we're going to launch it. Um, we still have to totally build it, but, and then we're going to launch it hopefully in February or something. Um, it's totally obviously not like for profit. It's really a passion project, something I really want um, other people. And you'll be able to like go between bands to see what other people and see what your friends have seen live. Um, so it's got this cool idea of growing it, um, but it's not really a business. It's just a cool project that I'm really into. So I plan on spending though the next like, hopefully a couple of years, like really developing it out and making it really, really awesome. Um, so that's, that's kind of my next year. And then speaking and podcasting like a maniac. Um, we do showrunner with copy blogger. So, um, or I do showrunner with them, the podcast, I'm a co-host on that. And we have a course that I think we have like, we're opening up the doors six times this year. 
um, for it. So that'll also keep me busy. That is awesome. You have to keep me in in the loop when you launch your stuff because I'm sure my audience is going to want more of you. (laughs) And and so, um, but God, John, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for being here today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Absolutely. So fun. 